this whole thing is like one big movement towards mindfulness um, because you really can't plan more than a week or two ahead. So, I mean, if there was ever a time to be in the moment, um, now is it because there is so much we do not have control over. You know, I, I, I can't control what my neighbors down the street do. Can't control and a lot of things, you know, that happen. And so just being able to focus on the things that I can do that can at least help me feel like one, I'm doing my part by, you know, socially distancing, wearing a mask when I go outside, staying connected to family and friends when I feel like I need some interaction, um, staying active in whatever way makes sense. And so like, those are the things that I can control. And so letting that be my focus. Chill Track Friday. This is Ali. This is Anne. Uh, you know, I was thinking we might need to have like a temporary new name instead of Chill Track Friday. I was thinking maybe we could have like stressed out lockdown season. <laughs> Since it's like just descriptors. Yep. Virtual Track Friday. Stressed out virtual Track Friday. Yeah. No. That was a joke, obviously, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep our branding the same, I think. I we could the, use some chill. The, the look on your face when you just said, that was a joke, sort of, and then you looked to the top left. like That was pretty funny. I was just reading an article about how um, confusing psychologically video conferencing is, like that, the delays and the freezes, like you can't mirror properly. But it's mm-hmm. like, um, well, you know what? It's better than not seeing people. <laughs> That's how I feel. Exactly. Yeah. It's okay. Um, we'll figure it out, you know? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, one day, one week at a time. Yeah. Uh, time is kind of, sometimes it expands, sometimes it collapses. You feel like, oh, the week went by pretty quickly. But then during the week, you're like, oh my God, it, feels like it's been forever or these last 40 days feel like it's been three years (laughs) yeah um actually i realized as i was partially editing our episode Uh last night the person we have on we had already interviewed her back in january but in the podcast you were like i think we interviewed you back in september (laughs) (laughs) i know i didn't know her in september right (laughs) so it it would have been like you're like yeah but it feels like september right it was like four months back january feels so far away I know. I mean, even the whole work at home thing. So I was searching for an email that I, that I, I knew I had written what felt like a month ago. And when I searched for it and it came up, it was literally, I think it was seven days ago, maybe. Mm. So yeah, time is definitely, uh, it's quarantined. Yeah. It's quarantine time. Totally. Um, wait, Let's, we, this is an interesting scene because it's Wednesday morning, it's 7.30, we're on Zoom, but we're both drinking coffee. Yeah. <laughs> well. Not actually, but, and I, I, I have to come clean. Um, oh, no, is it chai? There's chai in here. And I have a story behind that. Why Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story behind why this is chai. Please. So I was in upstate for about a month. Uh, in a cabin upstate and then on my when I returned 
here's the blasphemy. I brought back everything except the coffee grinder. I forgot that at the Airbnb kitchen. So then since I was back, I had actually been using a mortar to grind my coffee beans by hand. And I realized this morning again, I was like, do I want to do that? Like before I really, I would love to have coffee, but I didn't give myself enough time to wake up early enough to do that and get the coffee ready. So I'm like, okay, you know what Jai will have to do? So would you characterize the grind as less fine <laughs> than a coffee grinder? Uh, well, it depends how long you go for. <laughs> if you have all day, you can get to the coffee grinder, you know, fineness. Oh but I God. use a percolator, and for percolator, you don't need to be super fine. You shouldn't be super fine. Um, so um, I don't have to go all the way, which is good. You also had a funny video that you sent me from when you were upstate, and it was sort of like Blair Witch Trial-esque in the, in the house, in the cabin, going down the hallway. Yeah, it was like getting out of bed straight into the coffee. <laughs> straight uh, to the coffee maker. <laughs> it made my month. That video was exclusively for you because it had, it had the it had the Anrestec coffee strength test. Oh yeah. Because you put it up against <laughs> you put it up against the sun, the coffee pot, and you shouldn't you know there sh shouldn't be any light coming through the coffee. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Simple pleasures, you know, dark roast. I'm drinking a coffee that actually um, Stuart and his wife Rebecca bought me in Buffalo from a place called The Spot. Yeah. And it's a really dark roast and it's really lovely. And it's I had Peruvian, it. isn't it? Uh, no, it's Peruvian. Peruvian, okay. Yeah, it's really good. And I've been making it really dark and I think maybe too strong. Uh, but hey, you know what? Go crazy, you know? <laughs> crazy indeed. Speaking of going crazy, um, we have a, we do have a really interesting episode today because how to say exciting? I don't know if exciting is the right word. But <laughs> Bringing you content that's relevant to our times right now. Um, we have a really topical and interesting, and we hope super helpful episode today. We're interviewing Stacy Young, who is a licensed clinical social worker, and she works with Sixth Street Wellness in New York City. And she's a specialist in depression, anxiety, loss and grief, trauma, PTSD, and issues related to adolescence and young adulthood. And we thought that that would be like a really great time. I actually interviewed Stacy in, <laughs> remember, I thought it was September. It was actually January. Um, and we did speak with her about uh, performance and her own running story, and we will release that episode eventually, but we thought that we would re-interview her and just talk about what's going on and how to handle and cope with um, the anxiety and grief that we're all experiencing right now. And um, Stacy's really wonderful and provides such wonderful positive energy, so we hope that this is helpful to you guys and um, wishing everyone health and safety and peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And I, I really like one thing in our bio on our website. It says, I believe that we are all experts of our own experiences. And I use, that, use this philosophy to help my clients achieve their goals. That's, I thought that was pretty powerful. Mm, can you say that again? That's really powerful. Yeah, I believe that we are all experts of our own experiences. And I use this philosophy to help my clients achieve their goals. I love that. Just let it speak for itself. Yep. <laughs> and just one thing also, thank you also again to all our patrons who are still contributing to our podcast. And we are, we're in the midst of preparing a special kind of event for you guys. It might be on Zoom, but... 
<laughs> it's going to happen. So stay tuned. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Stacey. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me back. Um, so I just want to mention, just thank you so much for coming back um, to our audience. I actually spoke, we spoke with Stacey in September. Was it September? What, I have no idea what, yeah. what month it is now. Um, yeah, it was early. We, we met a while ago and we were saving your episode and then kind of the world has changed completely. So we wanted to have you back on to talk about kind of everything that's going on and coping and mm-hmm. um, just how we, can, how we can take care of ourselves in such a tricky time and also grief. There's a lot of grief happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone's working from home and there's no real, I mean, just everything's different from what we're used to. Yeah. It's like structure's kind of gone and we're trying to create structure in a very uncertain world. And how, do you have any insights and <laughs> what you're seeing? And Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as I mentioned, we were chatting a little bit earlier is that this is such a different experience than, you know, anything we've ever experienced before. So I think the first thing is just offering, you know, grace to yourself and grace to everyone else that they're always kind of figuring it out, you know, as they're going along, Um, you know, just one from moving everything online and seeing if you want, seeing if you can work from home, because I know there are, you know, many people who can't. So if you are working from home, being able to just rearrange what was hopefully once your place to come home and relax is now your office, babysitter, school, (laughs) you know, restaurant, you know, you know, I like thinking about people, what if people didn't really cook, (laughs) you know? And, you know, living off of cereal and, you know, popcorn, (laughs) you know, so just really having to engage in different challenges than say you would have just, you know, just eight weeks ago at this point. So, yeah, so just one, I think just in not making, or not challenging yourself to have to be an expert and be excellent at everything and that you really give yourself this leeway to really just learn and just adapt, um, you know, just what this was like if you a few weeks ago you know we were thinking like okay you know this will be for uh, you know about a month or two and as we're learning now this may be go longer and you know we're not quite sure how long we've stopped putting dates on things because you know we don't know um and so just you know changing our mindsets and you know talking and checking in with our loved ones and our family and our friends and our coworkers. and just you know seeing how they're doing and just balancing how balancing their status with how you're with with your own and so um it's a lot to take on yeah yeah what about um for people who might not i don't know it you know there's so many there's like a huge spectrum of personalities that operate in the world and so this is Mm -hmm. forcing conditions on all of those personalities so like yeah for, for someone who is, whether they be more introverted or just a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit less inclined to be out. So maybe they're used to being home, but now they're, they are missing that element of socialization. You know, it's great to be connected on Zoom. It's not the same, but it's like, mm-hmm. how do you keep, I just feel like it's such a slippery slope between being able to be alone, being independent, and then maybe going it sliding into this sort of hermit lifestyle you know things change slowly and we're get like you can almost get into a routine of what's happening and how do you keep yourself from completely 
disappearing from what the old way used to be in terms of seeing people and socializing. It's mm-hmm. yeah, and part <laughs> of it is to create. You know, there's our our old normal is gone. We and we're rebuilding yeah. what our new normal will look like. Um, so part of it too is you know there, but there are some things that we can take in from the lives that we had. You know, just a few weeks ago that are present now. So it's like, you know, I have book club on Sunday. We're just doing a Zoom book club, um, you know, and we'll be bring your own mimosa and we'll make our own <laughs> breakfast and, you know, but we'll still have our book clubs because that's something that's on the calendar monthly. It's every fourth Sunday. So, and we'll just keep it because that's something that we did normally and that's a way that we connected normally. Because um, the things that were disconnecting us before was, was busy, 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 busy. <laughs> and so it was helpful to have some of these things in place. So keeping up with those is really helpful um, and just zoom you know zoom gatherings or whatever sort of platform you're using um, I know house parties another another big one Google Hangouts right FaceTime like there's all there's all kinds of them that you can use um, and so to really just stay connected and sometimes it helps like if you're finding yourself really fall into isolation like tell yourself like you'll reach out to someone you know it could be someone different every day it can be just sending a text message like hey checking in how are you um, you know, if you're more active or if you feel better being more active on social media saying, you know, okay, you'll reach out or get in a conversation that's happening online. So just, you know, challenge yourself just so that you know you're not just sliding in and just not reaching out or talking to anyone. Um, you know, of course, it's fine if you go a couple of days, you know, a day or so without reaching out to someone just because you want some alone time. Um, but, you know, just check back into yourself to make sure that we're not falling into an isolating habit. Um, and, you know, we can, if you keep the social distancing me- measures in place, like take walks outside, um, you know, and wear your mask and do all the things you're supposed to do and just take walks outside. Um, you know, there's still people outside. It's very less, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go to the parks, you know, there's still life happening. There's still kids playing around on scooters, people biking around, runners running in the park. Um, so just as hint, you know, that the tulips are out right now. I have found that to be really helpful. Um, I was really, you know, one of the things I was like, oh, the tulips, <laughs> but you know, they're still out. So it was nice to just go see those and have just, you know, a small moment of normalcy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a runner. Are you, are you keeping up your routine? Um, somewhat. So, it's, you know, it's almost like I've had to rework my goals because um, I had I had Berlin on the list and that officially got postponed slash canceled. I don't know. We'll see. But we know we know it's not happening in September. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure what to think about New York. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to stay excited about it. We'll just kind of have to see what happens. Um, but, you know, so I what I did say my new goal was I just wanted to keep um, – a good base. So I just want to be able to run between six and seven miles and really work on strength training. So, which is basically being able to run from my house, a loop around Central Park and back. Um, something just to keep a strong base, something that just feels doable and just a really, you know, reasonable amount of time. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, and just focus on that and then, you know, maybe work on time and try and do it faster and faster. Um, that way, just cause I don't want to, you know, do anything that'll risk injury or, you know, there's kind of no point yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in doing anything that's going to put me at risk to like, you know, hurt something or strain something. So, um, yeah. So it was just, uh, once, once Berlin officially got moved, I was like, all right, we gotta, we gotta rethink how this yeah. is going to go. So New York in general, let's remove the current situation for a second, right? It's a, mm-hmm. It could be a 
generally an anxiety inducing place given mm-hmm. the pace um given kind of the quote-unquote rat race um but then you add this thing that sort of um you know new york's the epicenter of of the pandemic at this point so there is all this compounded anxiety around like i was trying to make up a list of everything i'm sure this is not an exhaustive list but like the fear of getting sick mm-hmm. and then like the fear of there's anxiety around being productive versus doing too much uh, or, or like not doing enough or mm-hmm. like what do you do there's cabin fever that's taking hold of everyone we talked about isolation a second ago not the the uncertainty of everything so there's anxiety around that like not knowing when this will end um and i'm sure like you give some tips you're probably still seeing your clients from like various different walks of life what are you what are you telling them from stopping them to go down the rabbit hole and then and then there's the news every day Mm -hmm. (laughs) press uh, press briefings that can you don't know where they're gonna go um so how what can people do or like just in in general to keep that sanity like saying bodies are quarantined we're supposed to physically follow certain rules but not have the mind go down that rabbit hole of being quarantined mm-hmm. yeah so one thing that's just real that is really helpful is to have some kind of routine um and just building it with whatever you know the situation is in your household so still waking up at a reasonable time um you know, still eating breakfast around the same time, um, getting started with work, having a designated space that you work so you can tell your brain like, you know, I'm going to work. Um, and ideally, if it's a designated space that just has all the things that help you get the job done can just, you know, help your brain switch from this is a place where we relax to a place where it's like, okay, we do work. Um, and then also the opposite of that, you know, you can shut it um, so that when it's time to close the laptop and to stop working, you can also remind, you know, not get lost in working all night or stopping work. So, you know, just being able to have something that you having a place that you can shut down or step away from that's different from where you're eating, different from where you're watching TV. Um, and, you know, have days, have your days that you're going to go to the store, have your times that you're going to go out for your walk. Um, you know, when, when are you scheduling good times that you have to be able to talk and to check in with friends? Um, just because having that routine can just, one, help fill, fill your day with things that you want to do um, and that it doesn't feel necessarily scattered like this. I should be doing something. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I should be doing. And then, you know, maybe you're doing something and you're just like, I didn't get enough done. So it helps you, you yeah. know, kind of help your day feel just a little bit more like, okay, this is, you know, this is what we're doing today. And, you know, you can also help plan out your week because it's not like every day has to um, stay the same. And then also, too, having a time that you wind down and go to bed. Um, sleep schedules seem to be the thing that is universally across the board, seem to be the thing that have just changed completely. Um, people just sleep habits have just changed. Um, so just keeping some sense of a sleep pattern um, just so that you can still get the rest you need. And if you're having anxiety when you fall asleep, that you do just have a calming nighttime routine that doesn't involve the media, you know, um, mm-hmm. or doesn't involve checking and catching it on the news. Cause otherwise, you know, if you're thinking about it when you're sleeping yeah. and that can also just cause you to have disrupted sleep and then you're just tired the next day. Um, and so it's just, even though physically we may not be doing as much, just mentally our minds are just going and they're doing so much more. So it's, they still need that rest and still need, you know, as 
good as quality sleep as you can get. It's interesting because that has definitely been the thing that I've noticed the biggest change with the sleep mm -hmm. pattern. But then like as someone who normally runs in the morning, I can't get up to run and have enough time to do the, the time and like the mental space I want for the run. So then I end up doing it later, which then, you know, it's kind of snowballs and then it affects my sleep. It's, it's <laughs> the biggest disruptor for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, can you, so can you provide any suggestions for people who might be afraid to go outside? Mm -hmm. So if, if you feel more comfortable just staying inside, then, you know, there's all, you know, one thing I was, and this was one of the things I was really impressed to see was how much the fitness industry changed from being from in studios to online. So there are a lot of live stream classes and a lot of stuff you can do and, you know, and they do a good job of making it so that you don't need a whole bunch of equipment or a whole bunch of space. Um, you know, some of the classes that I've been in, people have been like on the side of their bed or in their hallway, <laughs> you know, so, you know, people being, really creative about the space that they're in um, so just if it makes you feel better you know I said okay I'm gonna take this time to really focus more on strength training um, you know and just to be able to really use that as something to help be one of the goals and one of the focus um, points so just you know look online there's free ones there's all kinds of free ones um, you know if you went to a studio before they may have some live options um, I know ClassPass has a whole bunch of stuff that's um, live there so just really tailoring it to where if you want to keep inside as much as possible um, to be able to stay inside um, can we talk a little bit about grief um, I think that there's you know, particularly for those of us in New York City, it's a very, it's just really raw. We're having a very collective experience of a lot of loss and a lot of pain and a lot of unknown and uncertainty. And I think that, you know, particularly the nature of COVID-19 and that relatives and friends can't grieve together and they can't see their loved ones during like the most challenging time um, do you have any advice for people that are going through the loss of loved ones during this time? And then we can talk a little bit more generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, grief right now is something that it's, you know, it's one of the, one, a big thing that we're all just, we're all experiencing the community grief. Um, that's definitely something we're all grieving as a community. And in terms of just the loss of, um, you know, being able to see each other, those social groups, those, um, you know, those things we were looking forward to, like, you know, weddings, graduations, other celebrations, family reunions, summer activities, all those things that we were really hoping for. So just really grieving those things as well. Um, and then also just grieving the loss of safety and security. And so just really not, you know, not feeling as secure in those things as we once were is something that's just it's really hard and it very much the what we're feeling very much mimics the stages of what we traditionally think of as grief in the terms of just people that we've lost um, and the thing that makes this also really hard when we talk about loss in the traditional senses some people are really feeling it in a really impacted way in terms of you know you could have lost someone and then another family member could be sick and so you're just worried that the same thing can happen i know there are some families that have um lost multiple members just because of you know how it got if it's in their area or if it's in their neighborhood, if it's in, you know, from a family event that there could be multiple members of family or friends that are sick. 
And so one, just really knowing and, um, you know, reaching out for support when they need help and when they are having days that just feel really, really, really hard, um, that they're not alone in this, um, that there are people who can talk to them and, you know, are willing to listen and hear them out and just even just to, you know, go through the mourning process of the people that, you know, that they're mourning, um, or even the people that they fear they're mourning, because even that fear right there is also a part of this grief that we're seeing. Um, you know, you can, you, ideally, I hope you can take time off of work. Um, sometimes people are a little bit afraid to take the self-care days or to take the mental health days or even sick days, because they're like, well, I'm at home, I could do it. You know, you're still working. And so mm -hmm. even though you're sitting at home, so if you are able to take time off, I mean, obviously check with your work policies, but I'm really, really hoping that that is something that you would still be able to take bereavement leave for, or just, you know, mental health days for, just to be able to give yourself that space. Um, Cause that's really, really important during that time. Um, Cause there's not necessarily, you know, grief isn't something that has this like cure. You just have to really allow yourself to feel the emotions. Um, feel the emotions, process the emotions, and let them go through you. If you start fighting them, it just makes them worse. So just really giving yourself the space to feel and just, you know, feel that loss and mourn that loss. Yeah. Um, something that's came to my attention just through a few conversations I was having with some friends is uh, not necessarily experiencing the direct impact of losing a relative, but still feeling the grief that along the lines of what you were already explaining was like the loss of routine and the loss of connection and the loss of mm -hmm. to things. And, you know, also we all have a lot of time on our own. So we start thinking about our lives and what they look like It's a real kind of uh, introspective time in a way. And I think that what I've gathered from a lot of these conversations is that, you know, grief isn't always linear and there's like, we're all dealing with our own personal journeys along the way and these things might be coming up now and is that like a normal I mean there's no such thing as normal or abnormal but mm -hmm. do you have any um <clears throat> any advice on like how to handle things that are coming up from out of the blue and maybe you feel guilty about feeling these things when you're healthy you know there's a lot of intertwined feelings around grief I think which can be confusing yeah, no, absolutely. And so the thing about grief and, uh, you know, when you talk about the five stages of grief, we think about them in a linear line, like first is denial, bargaining, right, depression, anger, acceptance, and you think like, okay, you move from stage one all the way down to stage five. Um, there's, there was a sixth one added later, finding meaning. And they're not linear, right? You can jump from one to the next, to the other, to here, to there, to here. Um, it's not necessarily just a linear line. So, and that's perfectly normal. And one of the most helpful things is just to be able to acknowledge where you're at. Some days you may wake up and just be angry, like angry that you have to be here and then do this another day. Um, and we are allowed to be angry about those loss of routines, about you know, the things that aren't going to happen that we may have been looking forward to. Um, you know, we, we're allowed to be angry about those things. And we next day, we may be feeling really sad about them. Then we may go on and say, okay, fine, if we all stay in for, you know, two more weeks, then we should be able to go back out again. So we go back up to the bargaining. <laughs> and then, you know, we may go to the like, oh, this, you know, denial stage, like, 
okay, like if I just, if we do this one little thing, it, it, it won't hurt anybody, right? Like, okay, and then go back down to the like, okay, I just need to like chill out and just sit down. So we could bounce all over the place. Um, and I think a challenge people are having now too is like sometimes because this is a collective experience, people may be at different places. You know, you may talk to someone who's in the anger phase while you're in the sad phase. And so, you know, if you find people are just, you know, there's just extra conflicts going on. Sometimes it's just because, you know, we're just in different phases of it and it's just happening at different moments and just being by trigger, you know, it's being triggered by different things. Um, you know, this is very, you know, for some people who are around and living in New York around 9-11, um, when the outside morgues came up, when the outside hospitals came up and, you know, in Central Park and over by the hospitals, um, you know, those are very triggering because the last time, you know, I believe they were there was during 9-11. You know, at least in this sort of setup, and so it can be very triggering for those moments. So just having flashbacks of what happened in the aftermath and just the experience of that, and so you know, if you've been in any other type of situation where there's just been really scary and really unknown. Um, so there's definitely a lot of triggers. Um, this is something that plays on a lot of you know vulnerabilities in terms of vulnerabilities of isolation, vulnerabilities of being worried about loved ones, vulnerabilities about finances, you know, so there's just a lot of, a lot of opportunities for triggers, which is why it's super important that we're taking care of ourselves. Looking at it from maybe a different lens, um, if we were to kind of, if there is such a thing, right, like kind of taking a positive look at this, like how what's different that's sort of good right now. Uh, you have a mega city like New York City that for the most part, and we have come together to say, okay, yeah, we need to do this, right? Yes, we're talking about every, we know everyone is gonna go through these, this, this grief, there's gonna be anxiety, there's fear, but get, we, we have to do this uh, to come out of this. And not just New York, this is happening globally. Like as Earth, we have kind of come together to say, okay, this mm -hmm. is a natural pandemic and we have to put together. So it's kind of restored some level of like faith in humanity in ways that I never thought was like possible unless this wouldn't have happened for me to see, um, for us to see. Um, that's sort of the macro picture, right? And at, even at the micro level, you're seeing so many different things that are happening. Mm -hmm. Healthcare workers, um, what happens every day at seven for healthcare workers. It's kind of funny. absolutely. Yeah. Um, what, what are there other things that people should be thinking about from that lens in terms of like to counterbalance, I guess I'm trying to say, um, mm -hmm. of everything else that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a time where, you know, if you're at home with your family, you know, time that I, you just don't have on a normal basis yeah. um you know just the time and if you're not if you are by yourself just more um time to be able to connect with people um in ways that you just haven't um you know i have a, a family call every thursday at 6 30 and it's or no, nine rather 9 30 uh east coast time because most of them are on the west coast and so you know and we just we we just hadn't done that before. And it's like with my aunts, my uncles, my parents, my cousins, you know, and we just hadn't done that before. So that's been something that's really amazing. And, um, you know, and it's something that I just, you know, make the time for now. 
that we get on for an hour, hour and a half and just sit and just chat and check in with each other about how we're doing. Um, and so, you know, so it's a really nice thing and something I hope even after we come back that we, um, that we do. Um, I think so, you know, and I, I do you, I think the use of time can be also a complicated thing because some people are like, I have no time. I have less time. <laughs> some people are like, I have more time. Um, but just it, did either way it did cause us to have to pause and reflect on like all right like how are we spending our days are there things are there projects around the house that we wanted to get to are there things that we're just not going to get to and then we just need to go ahead and move on from <laughs> and just say this just isn't happening <laughs> um, you know I had I had a crochet set that I said I'm never going to have time to get to this and I, I wonder if I would have done it now but you know, probably not. <laughs> but, you know, so all these sorts of things to, uh, you know, to occupy myself with. Um, and so it's, you know, there are some good things to pull out, you know, and I think that uh, just even on the mental health front, I'm one thing I'm really excited about to see like the impact that telehealth has on, you know, accessibility to the world and how we incorporate that. Um, just because one of the things we are seeing, we are seeing more engagement. And so to be able to take the lessons learned for how we can make mental health and just, you know, even physical health is doing it online. Like there's physical therapy online <laughs> and, you know, which is really, really cool. Um, and so just seeing what sort of things that we do keep. Um, so I definitely think there are positives and you, in ways you really do have to figure out what the positives are and be able to really incorporate them. It can be that you're cooking more um, and really getting a chance to, hone in on those skills that maybe you didn't, you know, use before, or, you know, that when you said, like, I'm going to bring my lunch every day, it's like, well, now's your chance. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, even, even if it's, even that's, you know, if that's the thing, um, you know, that you're able to look forward to. I had this moment of just really kind of at the end of my rope in terms of needing to get out of my space and went on a really great bike ride last weekend, socially distanced with Ali. And I got back to my place and I, I just, I live in a studio and I decided that I needed to allocate the space better to delineate between where I'm working and where I'm living. And I ended up rearranging my apartment and it was something I'd wanted to do for a really long time <laughs> and organize yeah. my stuff. And it's like, it, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't do it because I was trying to be productive. I was doing it because I needed the space. I needed to literally change the scene. Mm -hmm. And um, that's one of my positive takeaways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and it's awesome. I, I added a few plants because I, I kept saying, I was like, I'm going to get some plants. And so I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Because it's like some. when I'm normally, um, before this happened, like I, you know, like most of us, we're busy, we're out working, we come home, we socialize at night. So I wasn't spending that much time in my apartment, but now that I'm here 23 hours a day, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's, things have to change. So it's interesting looking at things that way. And as you said, like we have more time and we've slowed down. Mm -hmm. and I think in the slowing down, it's, um, that's when things kind of rise to the top, you know, you see what, mm. what's important and what you don't need, whether it be stuff or, mm -hmm. you know, the boxes, the, you know, the hoarding tendencies, like that's been very interesting <laughs> to see, like the whole toilet paper thing. I mean, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just interesting things about human behavior. Yeah. No, and there are. And I mean, it is, it's interesting 
way to focus on home. I got some new towels because I was just like, I need new towels. You know, just something I just know was kind of on my list of things to like get to in life. And then yeah. <laughs> now and I'm like, the opportunity. yeah, <laughs> now I can accept packages at home now because before, you know, I live in a walk up. So it was hard to get deliveries here. So I'm like, so it's, you know, I'm like, great. So all that stuff, I just had to take off work or figure out how I was going to get delivered. And I'm like, all right, I'm here now. <laughs> yeah. Um, just in terms of, you know, like the general kind of anxiety for what's happening, do you have any advice for people that might like tend towards anxiety, whether it be like lack of sleeping or sometimes there can be, you know, people that I know in my life, I've had experiences where I just kind of get into like controlling behavior because it provides a sense of control over something that isn't controllable. Mm -hmm. um, so what, is there anything you can point people towards to sort of trying to just like let go a little bit and take it easy? I mean, anxiety is a, it's a tricky, mm -hmm. it's a tricky thing to, to, to deal with. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing is like one big movement towards mindfulness um, because you really can't plan more than a week or two ahead. So, <laughs> I mean, if there was ever a time to be in the moment, um, now is it because there is so much we do not have control over. And so, you know, I, I, I can't control what my neighbors down the street do. I, I can't control, you know, I can't control and a lot of things, you know, that happen. And so just being able to focus on the things that I can do, um, that can at least help me feel like one, I'm doing my part by, you know, socially distancing, wearing a mask when I go outside, um, you know, and, staying connected to family and friends when I feel like I need some interaction, um, you know, staying active in whatever way makes sense. And so like, those are the things that I can control. And so letting that be my focus. Um, and so I think separating the things you can control from things you can control is one way to really be able to not get into that loop of the what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. Um, also watching your, you know, media consum consumption. There's just lots, you know, the news is COVID, 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 COVID. Um, so it's, there's a lot of, you know, and they're just, because it's the only topic it seems that they're talking about. There's just lots of stories. <clears throat> they're asking the same questions um, day after day. So it just, if it's not necessarily being helpful, like if you're not watching, feeling like, okay, I'm getting the information and I need to make me feel better. And if it's just raising your anxiety, then it's time to turn it off um, and then come back to a little later to see if there's anything that you need to know. And so, you know, signing up for the, um, New York City, for those in New York City, signing up for the New York City text messages is really helpful because that's all the official information. So, and it's just a text message that comes to your phone. So if you just need it to be able to go to a couple days, but don't want to miss out on like the like directional what to do type things, um, then that's really helpful. Um, it's also a good time too, you know, to practice mindfulness. The um, Headspace app is free for all New Yorkers right now. So that's something to be able to go and try out and just give it a shot. You know, they have two, three, four, five minute meditation. So it's not even something that has to, um, you know, take up your day. So you can do it with, they have ones for family. So you can do things with the family and try and get everybody in on it. Um, something you guys, everyone can do together. And so that's something that's really helpful. Um, and, you know, there's also, too, there's lots of mental health resources out there as well if you find that you're really, really struggling. Um, I know the city has a dedicated mental health hotline. And so um, you can always do NYC Well, 1-800-NYC-WELL. 
and then that will be a connection to mental health services if you're really struggling. Um, a few organizations have made free therapy available, um, so that's one way to do. And also a lot of therapists are offering telehealth. So it's definitely something that you can absolutely get started therapy in this time. You don't have to wait. So if it's something that you find yourself really, really, really struggling with and, you know, anxiety is really, really, really intense and high. Can you tell us a little bit about your um, services and your business? Mm -hmm. So I own a practice called Sixth Street Wellness. And so we uh, primarily do individual therapy, specializing in depression and anxiety and trauma. And so that's uh, where primarily a lot of our clientele uh, come to us to work on and like life changes. Um, so there's a lot of transitional, you know, people come to New York and it's a very transitional experience. And so just trying to take some time to process and work through that. Um, so yeah, so it's a place, our office is usually down in Chelsea, um, but we're working, well, we're, we're all working from our homes um, for now. How many therapists are on the team? Um, so we have four, you have four? Yeah, we had someone who, so it was cool because we had someone who was down in DC um, and she's just getting started back up again. And so, um, yeah, so that'll be really excited. So now we have four. <laughs> That's so cool. So what are some of the, you obviously had to pivot to kind of tell a health situation in this, mm -hmm. right? Are there interesting things that you have found, whether it's just from business perspective? Mm -hmm. Well, fortunately, I had always done telehealth. So I had, so I had always offered in-person and, um, and telehealth. So we have fortunately already had a system and, you know, we're set up to be able to do it. Um, and one of the benefits that I see from it, um, too, some people think it will, one, it, people think it can be a really impersonal experience, but in some ways it's a very interesting experience because it's like, you know, you're in my home and I'm in yours in a way. And so um, it does really, you know, provide a little bit more. So there is still some intimacy that can be built into the relationship in terms of just being able to feel connected in a meaningful way. Um, I also think it just helps to, you know, just I think people find it um, manageable to do from their home. So as long as you can find a private space, then to be able to sit in the comfort of home. So you want to be able to be surrounded by things that help you feel comfortable and surrounded by things that you feel safe. So sometimes just having it in your home um, can just make the environment feel a bit safer. So from a business perspective, one of the things that has been really great is just accessibility. Um, you know, we're always looking for ways to think about how do we make mental health more accessible and just how do we, how do we reach more people? And this has been a really great way to do that, um, especially, you know, we're talking about people that may have to travel really far or, you know, who work hectic schedules or maybe they travel for work. So it's been something that's been really helpful to be able to do, um, you know, in terms of just an accessibility, um, you know, tool. And I love what you said about like having this, the safe space of your home to go through the process of therapy is probably pretty special to be able to do that from your own place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, because it's, you know, therapy is something that can be really, you know, people can be either be really just intimidated by it or just be very unsure of the process. And so, you know, they're not, you know, so if they're not like fully sure, like, okay, is this something I really want to commit to? It gives you a chance to just be somewhere that just feels comfortable and good to you and then, you know, really go through the engagement process that way. Yeah. It's interesting, like the, 
the way that therapy has evolved and sort of integrated so much into the world, really. I mean, it used to have, I, I used to have a little different, I mean, a different, I wouldn't say stigma, but I don't think that it was as spoken about as it is now. And I think also, I mean, we're all based in New York and I think it's a very New York thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, when I lived abroad, I remember people were talking about how people where I was living were not as open about sharing with other people that they were going to therapy and they would say like people in the United States. And I think they kind of envied our acceptance of therapy, which I I thought was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, and I just, and I have to say too, like, especially in like communities of color, like it was definitely had a stigma, you know, it was something that you didn't do. And so I think it's something that we're talking about a lot more um, Mm -hmm. in our communities of color. And, you know, it's definitely something that I've seen as I've had more, you know, uh, you know, more black clients, more Latina clients, more Latinx clients, you know, really just coming forward and being able to um, find a place in therapy and say like, okay, this is something that we can do. Um, This is something that's beneficial and something that's really, really helpful. Um, So that's been really great. And then also to just um, building safer practices and safer place for, for, um, therapy for, you know, members of the LGBTQ community and really finding uh, more therapists that are specialized towards working with them. And, you know, as we're people may be going through gender transitions. So, you know, we have a few of those clients who are working with us as well. So for them to have a space to work with people um, who either look like them or who have similar experiences as them to really be like, okay, okay, like this Mm -hmm. is a place where I can really be in therapy and do it and feel safe about it. Can you talk a little bit more about that, if you don't mind? I, what do you think in, so speaking of like the stigma being more prevalent in communities of color, what if from your perspective, what are some of the reasons for that? Is that just cultural or is it cultural plus the fact that this space was never welcoming enough or maybe welcoming is not the right word, but for them to feel welcome enough to come in and you know, make use of this, uh, maybe it's a combination of things and how do mm-hmm. we go about sort of changing that and make the space safe for communities of color? I mean, you mentioned that about being, you know, for the LGBT community as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it really is a mix of things and part of it is just more so like, you know, who it was, part of it is building trust. Um, So being able to trust, sometimes it's, you know, with just the history that our country has had, sometimes it's hard to say, okay, I'm going to go with someone who doesn't look like me and tell them all my deepest, darkest secrets, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or that you'll be able to understand my experience, um, you know, or that when I say things that it'll be validated and that it'll be heard, Um, you know, which before, you know, a lot of people which made them distrust therapy and so they just didn't have a good experience with it and so wouldn't engage with it and so you know now that you know I think all around now that more people of color are coming um to you know coming to therapy and are coming and sharing their experiences it's forcing everyone to become a lot more knowledgeable about a variety of experiences um it's not just so tailored and accepting that there are differences you know the um the first generation immigrant experience is very different than someone who grew up here. And so being able to understand and acknowledge the nuances of that um, and like, you know, and all the different things that come with that. And then when we talk about people who, you know, the LGBTQ community, you know, it's 
the world has generally been a very unsafe place for them. Um, and so going to a place where you're going to process some of your deepest emotions and your, you know, your highest vulnerabilities, um, you know, really being able to have a place where you feel like you can do that safely um, with someone who will validate your experience and, you know, make you not feel bad about it and really find and coming from a really empowering space. So you know, really challenging everyone to become more aware and just more accepting and open um, and really be able to be helpful in those moments. Thanks for sharing that. It's so important. I've, in my experience, I've found that having representation is so important. It may not come across as obvious, but it's like seeing someone that you feel comfortable with because you understand that they'll understand your experience, right? There's mm-hmm. this we have heard this before and there's this kind of been a bigger movement around like being kind to yourself right even before covid mm-hmm. maybe we can uh and i i feel like the meaning is a little given everything we talked about anxiety grief and even the positive stuff that goes with this at, in this time what do you think it means to be kind to yourself during this time Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that's so important. And it really is giving yourself, you know, what I started off saying in the beginning was just it's giving yourself that grace that, you know, there's, there's no one who's an expert at, at this process right now, <laughs> at least, you know, individually in our apartments and trying to work and trying to keep up with everyone. And so just not putting undue pressure on yourself to be productive and to get everything done. Um, you know, and to really be able to say like, you know, it's okay if I just get up, do, you know, the things I need to do for the day and go to bed and that's it. And that's, you know, that's fine. Um, you know, I got an email today that said like, why should I write a book during quarantine? Well, and, you know, that is perfectly fine if I do not. And so not <laughs> getting caught up, you know, not getting caught up in the productivity trap, um, yeah. feeling like you have to get all these things done. Because, uh, you know, for some people, there might be a lot more time. For some people, there might not be, there might be a lot of time, um, especially if you're balancing out this with kids or having caregiver for someone else, or for feeling sick, um, and you're trying to keep yourself well. So just not really um, feeling like you have to have also keep up and that you have to have this sort of ideal situation going on. Um, and also figuring out, showing kindness is figuring out what it is that you need. Um, what kind of connections do you need? Are you having too many Zoom conversations? Like are there too many Zoom happy hours? Um, do you need some time to just be by yourself? Um, you know, and then you know, you are allowed to say that. Um, a funny conversation we were having on our family chat last night was like, you know, how you get off the phone now is a little bit different because you, you can't really say like, oh, I got to run. Um, <laughs> so having, you know, and so being able to, you know, but to, but being allowing yourself to be able to take a break and like, it's perfectly fine to be like, okay, I'm going to go now. Um, yeah. You know, and that that's, you know, that's okay too. Um, and that if, if, you know, if you don't want to go to the happy hour, if you need to sign on a little bit late, like that's perfectly fine too, just because it can feel very overwhelming as well. Mm. Um, and showing kindness to yourself, just, you know, allowing yourself in the indulgences, you know, there are some things people, I know people are snacking a lot more or people are maybe indulging in, you know, maybe more happy hours than they normally would. Um, you know, there's always a line to where it's, you know, it's, it's not something um, that you want to do too much of. 
but you know it's okay if you're necessarily if your diet has changed a bit um you know if you're drinking a little bit more than maybe you were before i mean you always want to keep maintain and keep control on those things um because this is definitely something where you know if you've had a problem with it before um you know can definitely become problematic um but that we're not kicking ourselves you know if you've gained a pound or two <laughs> yeah you know, and just being able to show yourself some kindness and grace that, you know, outside, you know, there, there's a, there's a pandemic, there's a crisis going on right now. Yeah. I think it's really easy to forget that you use the word overwhelming, which I think is such a powerful word. And it's really, it's been really helpful for me to remember that it is overwhelming because what you just said, like, we've never been through this before and this is all new and we're all kind of just fumbling through it together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can we, can we do like a fun speed round and just go around and say what we're going to do with this weekend for, to take care of ourselves. I can start since I'm putting everyone on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to watch a movie tonight. I haven't watched a movie in a while. And, um, tomorrow I am going to have a chocolate croissant. Nice. <laughs> and on Sunday I'm going to zoom with, uh, my family. Nice. It's a very cool weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can go next real quick. I am watching a movie tonight too. I'm watching The Banker on Apple TV. I nice. actually just saw the trailer and it looks so good. Ah. Um, and tomorrow I'll probably go on a really long bike ride and I'm still trying to figure out if I want to hike on Sunday. So we'll see. Nice. Fun. <laughs> um, so I have a fun weekend. Um, on Sunday, I'll have book club in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, well, actually, before that, I am doing a live class uh, with Mile High Run Club. So I'm doing a live workout class, and then I have book club. And then after that, I'm going to a sangria making party. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I am, so it's, nice. it's a full day. It's a full day of activities, and I'm really, really excited about it. <laughs> That's cool. I know. I feel like I should say, not feel like, but I, I bought a bike trainer, so I'm I didn't say this because I was hesitant to commit with the words out loud, but I'm going to do a <laughs> a bike session on the trainer if it arrives. Nice. <laughs> that should be interesting. Thank you so much. Thank no problem, so much, Stacey. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Take care. We'll see you guys in two weeks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.